The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Happy uh, Saturday. Um, we're looking at what's going on in Charlottesville right now. Totally out of control. Um, I want to, so you have these, these people who take, so um, where do we start? We've talked a lot in this show about culture recently and how cultures are different. And I think some cultures are better. And you have these groups that take that to this ridiculous extreme and undercuts every genuine argument that that does exist in a more academic world. Let me speak to the genuineness part here. Two professors, Amy Wax, she's at the University of Pennsylvania Law School, Ivy League School, and Larry Alexander, University of San Diego Law School. Uh, I don't see how these two people are going to keep their job after this editorial, I'll just be honest. But what they do, they, they, they write this editorial, and the, the first thing they do is they map out a bunch of different broken aspects of our society. Opioid use, which is getting a lot of publicity recently. Homicides in our cities. Half of children today are born out of wedlock. Kids graduating high school, they can't read and write. And they just go down the list. And they conclude, quote, these and other maladies is the breakdown, the result of the breakdown of the country's bourgeois culture. Bourgeois, I don't know why people use this word. It's middle class, that's all it means. Now, people are going to read this and say, oh, that's a dog whistle for white middle class. No, that's not what they're saying at all. It has nothing to do with skin color. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. Obviously, skin you can't get you cannot get more surface level, literally and, and figuratively, than skin color. Right? This is about deeper than that. She says they say that culture, right? The old the old middle class culture in America laid out the script that we are supposed to follow: get married before you have children, and strive to stay married for their sake. Get the education you need for gainful employment. Work hard. Avoid idleness. Go the extra mile for your employer or client. Be a patriot ready to serve. Be neighborly, civic-minded, and charitable. Avoid coarse language in public. Be respectful of authority. Avoid substance abuse and crime. Right, That's the bourgeois middle-class culture that we used to have in America. And they say this cultural script began to break down in the mid-1960s. A combination of factors encouraged an anti-authoritarianism, adolescent, wish-fulfillment ideal that was unworthy of and unworkable for a mature, prosperous adult society. This era saw the beginning of an identity politics that inverted the colorblind aspirations of civil rights leaders like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. into an obsession with race, ethnicity, gender, and now sexual preference. Real quick timeout. We say all the time on this show that one of the greatest um, 
blackouts in history, in American history, is removing of the reverend from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., removing of anything related to Jesus, sermon, Christian, Bible, get rid of all that. And now it's just Martin Luther King Jr. or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but they take out the reverend part. Here we have these two authors, including the reverend, and for good reason. Now, are you with these people so far? They haven't gotten to the fireable offense yet. That's the reason why I don't think they're going to have their jobs anymore. We haven't gotten to that part yet, so let's just get right to it. Quote, all cultures are not equal, they say. Or at least they're not equal in preparing people to be productive in an advanced economy. That's an important point there. They're not equal for what? So what's the goal here? I think the goal is to be productive in an advanced economy. And some cultures are not good for that. The culture of the Plains Indians was designed for nomadic hunters, but it's not suited for the first world 21st century environment. Nor are the single parent antisocial habits prevalent among some working class whites. The anti-acting white rap culture of inner city blacks and the anti-assimilation ideals gaining ground among some Hispanic immigrants. These cultural orientations are not only incompatible with what an advanced free market economy and a vile democracy require, but they're also destructive of a sense of solidarity among Americans. And if the bourgeois middle-class cultural script cannot be widely reinstated, things are likely to get much worse for us all. So basically the whole point of this is get your life together. Now, I don't want to sound all Gary Vee here, but most of the issues that are plaguing our society and that are like at large, macro, and also on a micro level, most of the problems plaguing our own individual lives, it's caused by self-harm, self-destructive behavior. I've shared this story a million times, but you know, Glenn Beck's my hero. He's the reason I got into radio. And I had the opportunity to go on his tour bus. This was, I, I, someone can look up the date, but we were going to the villages. The villages. We were driving there and I was in the bus super nervous. I was like, oh, I'm going to ask him a question. So I asked Glenn Beck his advice for a young up-and-coming radio guy. And without skipping a beat, that quick, he said, avoid self-destructing behavior. Self-destructive behavior. I'll never forget it. Just like that. Avoid self-destructive behavior. So it wasn't something like I was anticipating, which was, oh, make sure you do this and do this and do this. It was, don't do these things. He wasn't specific, but just self-destructive behavior. And we all know what those are. I mean, we see celebrities do this stuff all the time, but it's everywhere. It's, it's in our own homes. Read an article the other day from a divorce lawyer. And it was this guy's advice, 10, 10 ways to avoid divorce. And it was all self-destructive behavior. That's all. <laughs> His advice was stop watching porn. Listen to your spouse. Don't cheat on each other. Be patient with each other, right? It's all just like basic, common sense, non-self-destructive things. And as I mentioned earlier, and as we can look at Charlotte, our founding fathers said this country cannot survive unless we are a virtuous people. But nothing can survive unless we're a virtuous people. Families can't survive unless we're virtuous people. Communities and countries but when virtue itself is under attack everywhere, literally virtue itself is under attack. Think of the characteristics right here. Let's do this real quick. Think of the characteristics that define a man, right? So when I, so when you think of like a John Wayne, like a man, a stereotypical man, what, what are some characteristics you think of? 
I think of confidence. I think of uh, strength, leadership. I think of chivalry, right? You take all those things, whatever answer you gave, those, all those good things today are now bundled under toxic masculinity, right? All those things that used to be a virtue of being a, the virtues of a man are now bad things. They're all toxic masculinity, even chivalry, holding a door for a woman. Oh, like you don't think I can open the door myself like that. It's all toxic masculinity. So virtue itself under attack. If you are black and, and you want to get a, an education, oh, well, you're just acting white, right? So you're torn down by others. Sex before marriage, oh, what a prude, right? We just go on and on. All these virtues are now bad things. And then on the flip side, all the vices, all the bad things are encouraged and celebrated. Just look at... Kardashian. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can pick a million examples of Hollywood or whatever. All, all, everything people celebrated for all these negative things. Last quote here. Would the re-embrace of bourgeois norms, so middle-class norms, uh, by ordinary Americans who have abandoned them significantly, would that reduce society's pathologies, problems? There is every reason to believe so. But restoring the hegemony of the bourgeois culture will require the arbiters of culture, the academics, media, and Hollywood, to relinquish multicultural grievance polemics, so Black Lives Matter basically, and the preening pretense of defending the downtrodden, which they are not doing. Instead of bashing the bourgeois culture, they should return to the 1950s posture of celebrating it. And that is why I see these two professors no longer having a job. Persona non grata on their campuses. Um, now, I, I tough luck. Yeah. Don't hold your breath if you're waiting for academics, media, and Hollywood to uh, restore and return to 1950s middle-class norms. Right? Uh, just turn, turn on any at the nighttime, primetime TV show today. Right? Tell me if you think Hollywood is anywhere near where we used to be, where we should be. So it, it's up to you. Uh, can I give one suggestion on how to do this in your family? If you have... Uh, well. First of all, we I have a podcast called Christian Parenting, so you can check that out on iTunes. Um, and we talk to different Christian leaders about how to be a good parent. But we talked to one author in particular. Uh, she wrote a book called Nights in Training. It's awesome. If you have boys, what she does is she, take, she takes all the age-old wisdom of chivalry and knights and brings it to relevancy in today's culture. And it teaches boys how to look to help. Right, how to how to be, keep their head on a swivel, help the damsel in distress, teaches boys to be men, to protect the vulnerable, to be humble, gracious, loving, serve and protect. It's awesome. That and that uh, the book I think I put it on Twitter actually. Hold on, let me see where it is. Uh, yeah, it's up on Twitter right now. Slater Radio on Twitter. You'll see it right there. Excellent boy, excellent book on raising boys in today's society, how to raise them to be men. You can click that link right there and buy it. Uh, great book. That is a culture that works. We know it works. It worked. And it will again. We should try it again. Culture matters. In our country and in our families. 
I want to share the story next of Albion's Seed. We'll explain it next. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater, we're talking about culture. Uh, I was talking to a Yankees fan the other day, and we were talking about the difference between Yankees fans and Red Sox fans and how that rivalry started and why it continues. And the reason it's a thing is because the cultures of these two cities are very different. People from New York City are very different from people from Boston. Neither good or bad necessarily. We've got a ton of similarities too, obviously, but... I don't know why we ignore the differences. I think the differences are fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I think it's important to know. Uh, the reason we kind of got into this conversation was really we started talking about the Google thing and uh, the Google manifesto and uh, talking about real diversity and all that stuff because we're supposed to pretend that all people are the same in every way, which just isn't true. And that's what's amazing to me. The left has this fetish for multiculturalism, but then when I or someone talks about differences in cultures, like, whoa, 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 you can't can't say every culture is great every culture is great and the same (laughs) except for ours ours is the worst but all the other ones are great and the same and then i bring up differences between cultures and i can't because we're all the same right you see it doesn't make any sense now we talked before about american culture versus the culture of other countries usually we do that in an immigration context but what about within america what about the different cultures within this country so the current idea today that they what people are uh, sociologists and, and others are uh the working theory is that there are 11 main cultural groups in america today and they're all separate because of where the original settlers to those areas came from i know the last couple of weeks we've talked about thomas Sowell's book black rednecks white liberals which is an amazing book he broke down two groups of colonists. So he said the people from Boston came from East Anglia, England, and people to Virginia came from Ulster County, Ireland. He only chose those two because he wanted to talk about the difference between Yankees and Southerners. But if you keep breaking it down, then you have more, right? So if you look at the Delaware Valley, so it's Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Delaware, those settlers came from Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire, England. The people... In Appalachia, they came from the Scottish borderlands. And each culture where they came from is a little bit different, and they brought it here and then became even more different. There was a book written in 1989 called Albion Seed, and it's a breakdown of all the different aspects of culture in general. And I think this is important because people are, we don't, again, we don't talk about, we're all multiculturalism, but no one talks about the differences. So, what are some differences? Speech, the way people talk, um, Architecture, obviously, right? family structure, differences in gender roles, how we view sex, child rearing, names, right? the names we give our kids. Um, some cultures have very you know family-oriented names. Age, how we view our elders, that's different among culture death oh there's huge differences how we you know the customs at funerals 
very different. Religion, obviously, food, uh, how we dress, sports, how we view work. Remember, we, we read a newspaper editorial saying that we don't want these new people to come to our neighborhoods because they're lazy and they don't value education and uh, they play their music real loud and they're just a big pile of trouble. And when you read it, you think, you think Thomas Sowell makes it sound like it's some white people saying it against some black people coming to town. But no, it was written in the 1800s in Indianapolis against Southern whites because the culture back then in the South among Southern whites was an inversion to work. Differences in time, um, right, whatever. There's, we go down the list. So to deny these differences is to be willfully ignorant. Now, once you admit that these differences exist, which of course they do, are you not going to admit that maybe some cultural customs lead more to success in a different economic system or social system? Well, of course that must be true too. Now, I'm not even necessarily saying one is better. In general, but if you come from a culture where work isn't that important and you move to America where our custom formed by our Puritan work ethic values work and we have a free market economic system which rewards valuable work, that doesn't mix well, right? So if you come from a culture where work's not that important and maybe that's fine by you, right? Like um, you come from an island nation, where work, you, whatever, you just do enough to make enough money to eat, and it's, it's fine. And you may like, you may like that. You may say that's way better. And okay, great. But if you're coming from that culture and you're coming here to America, that you're not going to do as well, because we have different expectations here. You can decide what's better. I'm just telling you what is. Now, then in America, you throw in a welfare system on top of that that does not distinguish between those who are on hard times and those who choose not to work. And then you got a major problem. But we're not allowed to have this conversation because everyone's the same or something. <laughs> which is absurd. I'll never forget. I was in Puerto Rico. We would go for uh, swimming in, a, in college called training trip. We'd go for oh, 10 days or something. And we just swim all the time. It was miserable. Um, but we had a meet at the end of the week. We had a, a meet with Puerto Rican teams and the meet would start at whatever, eight in the morning. And the other Puerto Rican teams didn't show up till nine 30. Right. It was, it was, and then like, it didn't really start until whenever. And it was just, just a different culture. You can decide what's better, but it's different. So why does this matter? Why don't progressives want to have a conversation about different cultures? Because if they admit there are different cultures, then they have to make a judgment on one or the other. And they're not willing to do that because they've been taught their whole lives. Don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. And this is why it even goes to the extreme of, hey, what do you think about Sharia law? <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm, you know, teach his own. No, I'm not asking, you know, what kind of architecture do you like the most? European architecture or more American architecture? I'm talking, what do you think about throwing people off buildings for adultery? But they can't even judge that. That's one reason why that's a problem. But everything's the same, except, of course, us. We're the worst of them all. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze, Radio Network, spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on The Blaze Radio Network.
part of the next generation of talk radio. This is Mike Slater. Slater, Slater. Can we uh, totally change topics? But actually, not really, because that's the problem when you deal with principles. Everything's tied into each other. Um, so earlier we talked about lies. Today I wanted uh, this segment. I want to talk about propaganda. So a bunch of my wife's friends recently have gone vegan. Right, they go out to eat or something, and she'll order chicken right <laughs> and her friends not like my wife's ordering prime rib and her friends w- will get some vegan stuff and she asks why and she says uh, and all of her friends are saying it's because of this documentary on netflix called what the health i did a facebook live about this yesterday and a bunch of people not from california said they'd never even heard of it so maybe it's more of a california thing but it's on netflix have you seen it has anyone seen it send me a tweet if you've seen it slider radio on twitter so, so many of my friends, I'm not even kidding. So many of my friends, my wife's friends have, have uh, watched this movie and went vegan that my wife's like, all right, we got to watch it. So I said, okay. Now, full disclosure, I fell asleep 20 minutes in. So this assessment is not on the information represented because I didn't get to see most of it, right? Uh, but it's mostly, it, what I want to talk about is propaganda in general because in the 20 minutes I saw, this filmmaker used all the tricks in the book. So I pretty much knew where he was going, even though I fell asleep. First things first, I strongly encourage healthy eating. We were just talking about self-destructive behavior. One of that's eating well. We've done many segments before on the, uh, one of the biggest costs of healthcare. I would say the biggest is just people's bad decisions. Mostly with diet, but also exercise and sleep. Sleep, diet, exercise. Three things people make terrible, terrible decisions on all the time. And it leads to about a lot of bad health consequences. The opening interview in this movie, which I don't even, I haven't looked this up yet, but they said that one third of every Medicaid dollar is spent on diabetes. So if people ate properly, then we could cut the cost of Medicaid down by a third, just like that. Anyway, point is I'm all for healthy eating, eat your vegetables. It's all good, but I'm not for propaganda. And I want everyone to be hyper aware of it because it's everywhere. Propaganda is anything that's done to influence you to further someone else's agenda. But here's the key factor, distinguishing factor for me. It's when someone tries to get an emotional reaction out of you and to get you to react emotionally and not logically. So right out of the jump of this documentary, this is the first point they made was they had a, they had a bunch of cable news anchors saying that eating one serving of processed meats a day increases your cancer chances of by 18%. And there's scary music in the background and there's quick shots of a lot of sausage on a grill and fat people in hospital beds. And then it goes back to the news anchor with the scary news from the World Health Organization. That was right in the beginning. And I saw that and I knew that study they were talking about. And I knew that that study was a pile of garbage. And I'll explain why here in a second. So I, I saw right through it. But I totally could imagine every single other person watching this who did not know the truth behind that study hearing that. And being, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it does increases my chance of cancer by 18% one serving increase and just getting manipulated emotionally like that. Now 
propaganda, which is what this documentary was, leaves it at that. But a real genuine documentary would come back and say, well, just want everyone to be clear. When we say increases your chances of cancer by 18%, we don't mean that your chances of cancer are going to go up from, let's say, 1%. Let's say you had a 1% chance of cancer. Now you have a 19% chance of cancer, which is a pretty good chance. I mean, it's pretty. that's not what we mean. We mean that if you had a 1% chance of getting cancer before, now you have an 18% higher chance, which means now you have a 1.18% chance of getting cancer. So your chances of cancer went from 1% to 1.18%. So from basically zero to basically zero. Now, I can be even more specific. Uh, the chance of a man getting colorectal cancer, which is exactly what this study was talking about. In the documentary, they just say cancer. They don't say colorectal cancer. So they're not even specific about it. But the chance of a man getting colorectal cancer is 4.84%. If you increase that by 18%, so if you have an 18% higher chance of getting colorectal cancer, then you have to take 18% of 4.85, which is 0.873, and you add those numbers together, and you get 5.7. So if you eat twice as much processed meat as the average person does every day, twice as much every day, then your chances of getting colorectal cancer go up from 4.85% to 5.72%. So from basically zero to very slightly above basically zero. But that doesn't make headlines. You don't get news anchors doing reports on that and you can't make a documentary off of that. Could you imagine that ridiculous headline? If you have way more processed meat than the average person, then your chances of getting a specific type of cancer go up a little uh like 0.4 percent higher than just go get a hamburger right like you can't do anything about it. there's no you can't manipulate someone emotionally with the truth not that truth so you gotta leave things out and leave things out and lead people to believe things that just aren't true that's propaganda there's another part and i don't have the uh the clip of this here but the guy calls the american cancer society and he says something like he's the, the video shows him talking into a cell phone and he goes hi i just got a question here why does your website say that people should eat chicken which is in the same classification of a carcinogen as plutonium and asbestos. That would be like the American Lung Society teaching you how to roll a cigarette. And he went on for like another minute with absurdities like that. And the guy goes, um, could I put you on a brief hold for a second? And then it cuts off the scene and goes on to something else. Now, there's so much absurd with that. The guy just calls up basically an intern, blindsides him with a wildly loaded question, and then cuts off the conversation when the guy says, let me put you on a brief hold, and then provides zero time for anyone to actually respond to the claim that he made. Who knows what happened when the guy said, maybe he said, hey, let me put you on a brief hold because Charlie over here can really speak to that really well. But they don't know. They cut it off at, well, let me put you on a brief hold. Cut it off right there. So, so much propaganda. I'll never forget what we were talking about climate change a couple months ago 
And someone called in and said, oh, Slater, what do you know about climate change? What are you, some sort of scientist? Are you a climatologist? I said, no, but I am an expert in persuasion, and I'm an expert in manipulation, and I'm an expert in viewing and seeing and looking at propaganda and knowing propaganda when it's coming my way. And that's exactly what this thing is, too. And it's all over the place. Please be aware of it. It's everywhere. It's it's, this is cable news. This is cable news in a nutshell to bring it all the way back around to the main topic of the day, which was the Google manifesto. When the CNN news anchor said, well, basically what the guy said was women shouldn't be around computers. Pure propaganda. That's not just wrong. That is intentionally wrong. To emotionally manipulate people, their viewers into thinking something that's not true. And you're going to see a lot of it with the Charlottesville stuff too, because you're going to see a lot of people on cable news who are taking what happened in Charlottesville, Charlottesville with crazy extremist nuts and making it seem like everybody's like that. And they're going to put scary music and scary graphics, and they're only going to show pictures of someone bleeding. And now it did get violent, which is a shame, but even if it didn't, then they would still find the most violent things to show you and make it seem as if it's a way bigger thing than it really is. You get a couple of white supremacists and then these Antifa people come out and they fight each other. Like, honestly, who cares? If it wasn't for someone's life getting lost, who cares? And honestly, I would say the reason that someone's life got lost is because it was escalated to the point, partially because of the media, that people ended up losing their tempers and going crazy. So this propaganda stuff is deadly. It's everywhere. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. later on the blaze radio network phil said i've seen the propaganda piece what the health it's on netflix sorry i didn't say the title again what the health and i agree it's not a documentary uh if an opportunity or platform was had it was wasted i think that's right too and maybe that's what's bothering me too i'm i'm not a vegan but um i am very very passionate actually about healthy eating so i would have liked to see something genuine there but uh alas not even close let me say one thing on math real quick uh, so again, the, the, that study, cause all right. <laughs> people on TV, they're not necessarily smart. We, we think they are, we assume they are, but that's not necessarily true. And they're definitely not good at math. That's a fact. So when they say you have an 18% higher chance of getting cancer, they don't even think twice about that because they're not good at math. And then they say that and people generally also aren't good at math or just believe what they say and just go with it and don't even think twice about it. But let me make this math part more clear. So if I told you that uh, there's now an 18% higher chance that I'm going to, I'm going to kick you in the shin. You, you listening right now. So there's an eight there right now. There's an 18% higher chance that I'm going to kick you in the shin today. 
would you be worried? I mean, there's an 18% higher chance, but what was the chance all, like earlier today? <laughs> Pretty like zero. Like there's almost no chance I'm going to kick you in the shin today. I mean, I'm in San Diego. You're wherever. Like probably not going to get there by the top. Right. So like, I wasn't going to kick you in the shin. It was pretty much zero. I mean, I guess there was a chance. And now that I say it's an 18% higher chance, there's still almost no chance that I'm going to kick you in the shin today. See, that, see how the math, see the math, but when I say, Oh, or when the news, so this documentary says there's an 18% higher chance of you getting cancer. People are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get cancer. Well, no, your chances of getting cancer before were pretty small. And now they're also pretty small. And there was this ridiculous scene too. And I'm going to stop talking about it because I don't, I don't really care about this documentary. I don't want to punch down. Like who cares? But it's just propaganda. That's the bigger point I'm making. It's all over the place. There was a scene when they say that eating one egg a day is the same as smoking five cigarettes. Now that's an absurd proposition. I don't know what the heck's wrong with people, but at least try to like analyze the study that came to that ridiculous conclusion and give the truth about that. But instead of doing that, they had a, a video of a mom with a frying pan cooking breakfast for her two little girls. And instead of an egg in the frying pan, there were cigarettes. And the mom took the cigarettes, the, 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 the cooked cigarettes, and put them on their daughter's, her daughter's plates for breakfast. Like, what are you? This stuff's everywhere, though. This is why you should never watch cable news. Listen to this question here from Brian Williams. So Brian Williams, the other day, they're talking about North Korea. Which, by the way, also goes to show how much of this all is cable news led because tomorrow the big story is going to be what's happening in Charlottesville. And there's going to be, once again, this whole conversation about race and racism and white supremacists and Donald Trump is a white supremacist and all the supporters are white supremacists. That's going to be the storyline tomorrow. And where did the North Korea storyline go? Well, next time. Next time cable news is nothing to talk about. North Korea is going to be back in the news. But just goes in this cycle over and over. It's just a soap opera. It's a soap opera drama, and they keep going back to the storylines they know work. And North Korea works for a couple days, and now this is going to work for a couple days. We're going to have another conversation about race in America, and then they're going to go back to whatever else works. Right. Uh, so this is Brian Williams. He has a three-person panel. Uh, Andrea Mitchell just uh, – by the way, who cares what Andrea Mitchell has to say about North Korea? Who, like, who is that person? Who, who's, who's sitting around me like, oh, like, I don't know what to think about North Korea. I don't know how to make sense of it. I wonder what Andrea Mitchell has to, like, not a, no one, no one has ever thought that. Anyway, after Andrea Mitchell spoke, this is Brian Williams. Malcolm, our job tonight actually is to scare people to death on this subject so the talk isn't as free as it is about a preemptive or surgical military strike. You know that part of the world. The population centers, Andrea and the general, have talked about uh, South Korea, the Japanese, and so on and so on. Now we, can, we can stop it there, actually. So I, I, I played his whole question because I don't even know what he was trying to do there. I don't know if he was being sarcastic or a, a, a moment of candor that he didn't mean. But he, I mean, you already said he's, our job here is to scare people to death. Huh? And, and I, I know I echo Glenn Beck when he says how much he loves this audience because so few people think for themselves anymore. So few people think we're just on autopilot. We believe everything we hear all the time. 
otherwise intelligent people watch that health documentary and then go vegan right there on the spot with no further research. But think about what happened this week. Right, we got Brian Williams saying it's our job to scare people to death. We got What the Health saying we're all going to die of cancer. And we got the Google Manifesto saying uh, he's against women and technology. None of that stuff is true. We're so far away from what's true. Focus on the truth. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.